you know, traditionally you you switch, you know, every quarter you switch which direction teams are going. You don't do that in this game. In this game, you keep it going the same way every, every single every quarter because the only time Michigan players ever have to step foot in the state of Ohio is when they're scoring a touchdown on them, right? When you cross the 50 and you're going down to score a touchdown is the only time you ever have to take a breath of air in the state of Ohio. Then you return back to your sideline, which is in the state of Michigan, and and you play the game out that way. Just a, a genuine war from start to finish. You're listening to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. Welcome to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. I'm Michael Smeltzer, and I'm I'm excited to be here back with my main guy, who's commonly referred to as one of the top seven greatest podcasters of all time, Matt Hartwell. Matt, what's up, man? Oh, it's feeling great to be back again, Mike. It feels like I was gone from the pod, and now I was back to the pod, and now I was gone from the pod again, but... I'm back. I'm uh, here for another exciting edition of the Big House Bleachers podcast, and uh, let's see what we got cooking for today. What you been up to, man? I know you, it was your anniversary uh, yesterday, right? Did you guys have a good anniversary, go out and do something special? Yes, absolutely. So as you know, I'm from uh, Florida, over here in the Orlando area. Uh, we don't really have, um, like... Uh, casinos or any it's not a, a regular thing but my wife and I we love to do the whole casino thing so we uh, made the trip over to the Hard Rock which is like one of only two casinos in the entire state uh, and uh, just spent a couple hundred you know we actually made our money back so it was it was a great trip had dinner uh, at one of our favorite spots over there so it was a great great weekend with the wife and uh was a little bit tuned out, you know. Obviously, I, I obviously kept in touch with uh, our Ohio State um, ass whooping that we handed over to them. You know, it's hard for Michigan to lose to those guys these days. You know, so I felt pretty uh-huh. confident with my decision to spend time with the wife that they would handle business, and they did. So uh, missed a little bit of that, but uh, overall, great weekend. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Uh, I did something crazy since the last time you and I have spoke. I So I'm not a runner. As a matter of fact, nowadays I'm not much of an athlete at all. But I ran a fucking half marathon a couple weeks ago, dude. <laughs> I've been, oh I've been training. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even a runner. I'm, I'm sure we have some people listening that run, and they're probably like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But I just, you know, I, I set a goal to run a marathon, and so I started training. I started running a little bit, and and I got the half marathon done uh, a week or two ago. So we'll, I'll keep you tuned in. I I kind of injured my knee because I'm just like a, a decrepit old man now. But I'm I'm gonna try to hit this marathon um, here coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'll, I'll let the I'll keep you and the listeners tuned in on if I even survive the damn thing. Well, I'm incredibly proud and pumped for you to have even completed a half marathon. I feel like if I were to try to complete such a task, I would fall apart physically uh, in the process <laughs> of that. So 
Kudos to you for only uh, coming away with mild aches and pains from from that experience, and congratulations, my friend. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, I tell you what, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about Michigan sports because that's what this podcast is about. Uh, we're going to talk about Michigan basketball, which, you know, things are looking up a little bit. Uh, some of the haters out there are still not willing to uh, concede that this team's good, but we'll talk a bit about them. Um, we're going to talk about the greatest athletes of all time on the heels of Tom Brady retiring. Um, and then, of course, we'll talk Michigan football to wrap up the show because, you know, Michigan football news does not stop. It does not matter that it's the off season. Um, there's always something to talk about, but let's go ahead and lead things off. And, I, you know, I want to just start off with a nice... Sheesh. And this week's sheesh is going out to my man, Kobe Bufkin. So Kobe Bufkin against Northwestern earlier in the week <clears throat> had 15 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Literally, is his first, first double-double in his career, and he was literally um, two assists away from a triple-double. And the box score box score doesn't even show the entire um, dynamic of of how he impacted the game. Uh, Kobe is is just active on the perimeter. He's going up and getting rebounds. He's a uh, well rounded spark you know spark plug that we need. And and uh, he got thirty eight minutes in that Northwestern game, so he played pretty much the whole game. Um, and then against Ohio State. He did not disappoint with 13 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Again, uh, you know, he played 35 minutes in that game, so played quite a bit. Uh, so Kobe Bufkin. Sheesh! Keep up the good work, young fella. Um, I know you didn't get to see much of the Ohio State game, but uh, that's that's two wins in a row. That's two Big Ten wins in a row. The Northwestern win is technically a quad one, and then... Um, as far as the net rankings go, Michigan's flirting with several other quad one uh, wins that, you know, uh, Maryland and Pitt and Penn State and some, you know, some of these other wins that Michigan has, the teams are going up and down and up and down around that quad one territory. So it's reasonable to assume that Michigan has two or three wins on the schedule that at the end of the year could be considered quad one. So, uh, yeah, 13 and 10, not not the record we wanted to see, but uh, firmly tied in third place in the Big Ten, and uh, basketball is trending upward. Yeah, and you know, certainly uh, there's some Cade McNamara, what if we went out energy, you know, happening a little bit in Ann Arbor. Um, you know, the team has underperformed in a lot of games, but at the end of the day, it's Michigan. Michigan is a very big brand. Uh, they always find a way to have have even the slightest of chances in some of these circumstances. So you never know what can happen. Also, Big Ten tourney on the horizon. So you never really know what uh, what can come to fruition. You know, look at what happened with last year's basketball team and how they ended out finishing out the year. So we'll see. You know. Yeah, my, my whole perspective on this is, uh, is Michigan basketball going to win out? Probably not, just ba just based on what we know of them. Is it possible? Yeah, actually, I mean, they, 
if you look at some of the efficiencies, like they're one of the better teams in the league. I know, I know nobody wants to admit that because they've lost so many close games, but what they're doing right now, moving the ball around the perimeter, which was one of my number one gripes about this team was that the ball would stick, right? They would stand around. They would let the defense rest. Well, the last two games, Jawan or, or Phil, Phil Martelli or whoever, whoever's been on top of this, I'm going to give Jawan credit since we were giving him such a hard time about the losses. But before they even get into the offense, you see them do this little three-man weave where they pass the ball to Jet, pass the ball to Kobe, pass the ball to Terrence Williams. You know, it's like a, it's like they're getting the ball moving early in the set, which is it, it, it's opening up um, shots later in the shot clock, which is helping a lot. And they're being aggressive on the on the offensive boards. They're getting offensive rebounds. They're blocking out, getting defensive rebounds. So um, the team is playing much better. And uh, of the seven or eight games left on the schedule, about four or five of them are going to be quad one. And so they, they've got some opportunities to win some big games. So I don't know. I'm just going to sit back, relax, and and uh, watch the show and try to enjoy enjoy the ride. Because if I start if I start hanging on to like our, our our tournament chances again, then I'm just going to be a miserable human being. So it, at this point, I do think we can make the tournament. I think it's very possible, but uh, I would like to see maybe another couple wins in a row and get a get a good old fashioned win streak going here. It almost seems like the team is its best when uh, it plays like it has nothing to lose. You know, um, it's almost like some of these close critical situations hinder them to an extent. Um, and there's a little bit of a mental battle almost that they're facing, uh, especially in like the second half of these ball games. So whatever they've been doing the last couple games, they've been figuring it out. And uh, we're Wolverine fans no matter what, you know, so we're here for the ride. Certainly not going to hate on any of the student athletes that embody this wonderful program. So we'll just see what happens. Go Blue. That's a really good point, Matt. You know, I, I think when you have a team that's as young as, as ours is, I think some of the high intensity, you know, high stress end of the game moments maybe weigh a little bit more heavily. Uh, so this stretch is, yeah, it's actually um, an important stretch for these young guys because Michigan basketball is kind of, everybody was counting them out after a couple of those rough losses. And, and now these guys like Doug McDaniel and even Kobe, who's who's really young, you know, these guys can start to play a little bit more loose. So excellent point there. Um, in other news, very big news, um, the greatest football player of all time, I'm going to lead with the greatest football player of all time, Tom Brady, announces his retirement. Um, and this one feels a little bit more real, right? Like I don't, I don't think he's going to come back from this one. It, it, you know, it, it feels like he's retiring for good. That's what he said. And and uh, when a guy like Tom Brady retires, it brings up a couple questions, right? And and I want to spend some time with you dissecting a few of these questions. Now, the first question that's that's kind of most obvious here is where does Brady rank among the greatest athletes of all time? And you and I were, you know, we were texting a little bit before the show talking about maybe we should do a segment on this. And I absolutely think we should. So let, let's jump right in and let's let's look at the greatest athletes of all time, according to us. I know you and I each assembled a list of seven 
We tried to do top five of all time, which is just impossible. It's just too short of a list. So let's do our top seven athletes of all time and count. Let's count it down from seven to one. And the only qualifiers are we're, we're doing American athletes, right? You don't have any international athletes on your list, do you? No. Okay. And, and so American athletes. And then the approach that I took here, Matt, was, um, I'm not doing like, like athletic ability, right? Like, cause then, then we talk about like Bo Jackson and like Deion Sanders or like Jim Thorpe, even. Uh, I think that's a different conversation. I think when we're, when we're talking about the Tom Brady conversation, we're talking about, uh, people that excelled at, at their sport, right? Excelled, you know, they were great in their particular sport. And so, um, let's jump right in. I'm excited to see, uh, I don't have any hockey players on my list. I'm excited to see. I think you might throw a hockey player on your list, but, but, uh, let, let's see here. Let's start with you. Uh, n- number seven. We'll, we'll, we'll pass it back and forth. We'll do seven, seven, six, six and just go, go down to the, to, to number one. So what is your seventh greatest player of all time? Well, first and foremost, I'm excited to have the hockey conversation with you then. Uh, <laughs> If you don't, if you're not having this guy on your list in any facet, we're going to have a conversation, <laughs> sir. But <laughs> I no, I believe you and I are kind of of the same mindset when uh, when we started doing this list, and that my pretty my understanding of greatest athletes of all time are those athletes that dominated, uh, whether it be. Um, a record holder in the history of a sport that currently stands undefeated or kind of considered the greatest of all time for uh, an extended length of time that will never be unbroken is kind of how uh, I understood these athletes, right? So at number seven, um, you know, I can remember Roger Federer being uh, one of the most dominating athletes in the sport of tennis for an extended period of time. I mean, the man had 20 Grand Slams, seven Wimbledon titles, um, and I believe he also held the record as the number one player for like an ungodly amount of time. I can't even remember what it was at this particular moment, but uh, it's it certainly stands as records that will never be unbeaten in that sport. He'll forever, I think, go down as the greatest male tennis player of all time. So for me, Roger Federer, number seven. Uh, let's see where you go. This is great. This is juicy already. So you you started with somebody that I don't have on my list. So Roger Federer did not make my list. Um, at number seven, greatest athlete all time. I have a golfer. Now you could go you could go a couple different ways with with golf, right? You could talk about Jack Nicklaus, who I think deserves a shout out. You could do the you know the Ben Hogan, Arnold Palmer's, like all, you know, but, but to me, this guy embodies, uh, greatness at the peak of the sport. I, I, I'll admit there's a little bit of recency bias because we all know and love this individual, but at the number seven greatest athlete of all time, I've got Tiger Woods, 82 PGA Tour wins, 15 majors, um, second to only Jack Nicholas. Tiger Woods has definitely got to make this list, in my opinion. So he's coming in at number seven for me. I'm honestly uh, ecstatic that you included Tiger Woods. He was actually like right between him and Roger. I had him at that number seven spot. Uh, 
no other golfer that dominated the sport the way that he did. Uh, just the way that, I mean, even the records that he doesn't hold, he, he got there. Like he's right on the cusp, you know, uh, in just the amount of time that he played. Obviously you have the, the fallout of Tiger Woods, uh, at a certain point in his career, but just what the man has done, it's hard to keep him off of any list of, of greatest athletes, just the way that he dominated golf. And, uh, I mean, he was golf for, for the better right. part of uh, both of our lives for a while. Right. All right, man. Who do you have at number six? All right. At number six, I have uh, Muhammad Ali. All right. And again, this kind of just piggybacks off of my uh, understanding, kind of like to your point when you said there have been other guys in the, the area of golf that have, have come and gone since Tiger that have kind of caught him in a lot of areas, similar to Muhammad Ali in the world of boxing. But for just his, uh, his, I think he went, let's see, what was it? 56 and five. Three of his losses were at the tail end of his career. You know what I mean? He was getting up there in age, but no other boxer dominated the sport. And uh, he was just a polarizing, captivating figure in that world, still is today viewed as one of the greatest athletes to ever do it, not just in that sport, but in athletics in general. So Muhammad Ali, number six. Man, I am so glad that you picked Muhammad Ali at number six because you you can't even write this stuff as well as this is playing out. So at number six, I have a boxer. But it's not Muhammad Ali. And I know, I know everybody's gonna be like, oh my God, you know, like what is this guy doing? Muhammad Ali's the greatest. And and I'm telling you, it's not Mike Tyson either, right? So this is a guy that I believe is probably the most slept on athlete of all time. And he's slept on because he he achieved his greatness at a time when the television was not as prominent, especially with the people that he was biggest uh with the community he was biggest with so the guy that i believe is the greatest boxer of all time is joe lewis and and i don't know how much you know about joe lewis matt a lot a lot of people are not you know nowadays are not super familiar but so joe lewis had 25 consecutive title defenses which is still a heavyweight record i think it's a record in all weight classes actually his total record was 66 and and three, so he won 66 of his 69 fights, um, which is slightly better than Muhammad Ali's record. And um, he was the the Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan, right? In the early part of the centuries, what, what Joe Lewis meant for Americans, specifically for black Americans, he was he was a uh, a monumental hero. And I mean, people were literally tuning in via radio to hear this guy and the world would stop and they would all just listen to these boxing matches. And the Brown Bomber, Joe Lewis, was like a mythical figure. And I, to me, I can't make a list of the greatest athletes of all time without, it, without at least mentioning his name because I, I believe he deserves to be, to be acknowledged. And so uh, Muhammad Ali, without a doubt, belongs on this list too. So I, I think it's so cool that you and I both, uh, you know, went that direction. Yes. And as a, uh, a Detroit native, I 
have a ton of appreciation for the fact that you selected Joe Lewis on that list. So respect. Yes. Man, this is fun. Uh, who, who do you have at number five? At number five, I have, and I'm sure that you are going to have this guy on, on the, your list, but I've got Michael Phelps. I mean, he, how can you leave Michael Phelps off of any list as far as this con- is concerned? Most decorated Olympic athlete of all time. I don't know if there will ever be anyone that touches him. 23 gold medals, uh, 28 Olympic medals. Uh, just so dominating uh, just in the sport of swimming as an Olympic athlete. Uh, just mad respect to Michael Phelps. He'll always just be up there for me. At number five, I have Michael Phelps. Literally in my notes, it says the most decorated Olympian of all time. Exactly what you just said. And, and uh, you know, one thing that you, I, I wouldn't say you left it out, but just another way of reframing it is he actually won uh, eight gold medals in Beijing in 2008. Like, and, and that was like that year where it was, I remember watching that. And he had seven of them. And like for the eighth, or it was like one of the eight, he beat a guy uh, by, it was like one millisecond or one like hundredth of a second, right? And so it, it like the suspense of like the whole thing and being an American. And, and since this is a Michigan podcast, I think it's important to mention Michael Phelps has very strong University of Michigan ties, right? Like he's basically a Michigan man. He's been an honorary captain. He's... um trained at the UM swimming facilities. And so he's, he's very much, if you're going to tie Michael Phelps to any college, it's, it's the university of Michigan. So, uh, very cool. We both, both had to throw him on there. Uh, who do you have at number four? At number four, um, you know, it was tough for me to go here because, uh, the sport has so many athletes and is so widespread. Uh, but I went with a soccer athlete, football athlete, um, for this pick. And I went with Pele, you know, because, uh, the guy, I don't know if there will ever be anyone that touches his, uh, three world championships. Also, you know, just, uh, the youngest player to, hold on, let me just grab my list here. Youngest winner of a world cup, youngest scorer in the world cup history at the age of 17, Can you imagine scoring a goal in the World Cup at the age of 17? Uh, Youngest scorer of a hat trick in the World Cup. You know, he's just in so many, uh, so many stances. He's just the best. I don't know if he'll ever be touched. I know Messi has a strong case. I know Ronaldo has a strong case. Uh, But up there for me, I think Pele owns a spot in the world of soccer that will never be overtaken. Well, you know, it's funny. I think that this just happened because it was supposed to happen. But I had Pele as well. But then that's why I brought up the Americans only uh, oh, conversation. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, because Pele, he's a Brazilian athlete, right? But you caught me I, I actually yes. think it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I actually think it's perfect that you threw him on there because of all of the international athletes that belong um, on this list. I, you know. You know, there's some like gymnasts and figure skaters that were just like cr- crazy good Olympians, but but really, if you're talking about the greatest athletes of all time, Pele 
absolutely belongs on that list. And so I, I think it's I think it's actually just like a godsend that that you you threw a Brazilian in there. I almost just got caught up, you know, when you think of uh, I just genuinely think of him as one of the greatest athletes of all time. And yeah. I, I kind of just uh, forgot <laughs> the international yeah. aspect of it for a second. But, you know, he's just to me, I consider him to be just so dominant in that uh, that particular sport just overtakes this uh, section that I don't think will ever be overtaken in the record books. So kudos to him, but uh good catch there. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, I'm glad we got a little soccer talk in there. Cause I'm, I'm not a soccer guy. I didn't, I didn't pick any soccer players on my list. And so I think just an homage to, to Pele is a, is a good thing. Um, at number four, I've got a tennis player. But it's not the tennis player that you mentioned. In fact, it is not a male tennis player at all. It is who I believe is the greatest female athlete of all time. At number four of the greatest athletes of all time, I've got Serena Williams. Uh, 23 major titles. Um, Like like I said, I think she's probably the greatest female athlete of all time. And I I think it's, it's important to mention Venus Williams in this conversation too because the two of them took the world by storm. And if you're going to talk about the greatest athletes of all time, I think you have to at least think about Venus and Serena and what they've done um, for for young women everywhere. And uh, so number four, Serena Williams. And honestly, if we're uh, removing Pele for the sake of rules on this uh, <laughs> on this segment that we're doing, I would probably slide that same pick in there at that uh, at that particular spot. So that's a good pick. I like that. For me, at number three, I've got Tom Brady. And, uh, you know, I I love Tom. I think his his uh, seven Super Bowls will stand for, for quite some time. You know, I think that he'll be he'll be looked at as the GOAT. Um, of that particular sport for quite some time. I don't know uh, if the longevity of it, if he'll always be viewed as that. You know what I mean? There's quite a bit of young, great quarterbacks out there that that are looking pretty dominant, so you never know. I'm not saying that that Tom won't be the GOAT for, for years and years to come, but I think that there might be a little bit more of a chance of Tom being overtaken uh, maybe not in the near future, but probably sooner than some of the other guys that I have higher up on my list. So I've got Tom at three, uh, a very decorated career, though, for the GOAT of Michigan athletics and of NFL football. So a uh, big shout out to Tom Brady, man. Michigan loves you. Uh, NFL Nation loves you. So hell yeah. I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad you didn't get caught up in the hype of the the recency of the Tom Brady conversation and you put him at number three. I'm going to withhold comment until we we find out uh, where he lands on my list or it, or if he's even on my list, right? Is Tom Brady even in my top seven? I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to find out here. Um, so I'm going to withhold comment on that for, for a bit. At number three, I went back to the Olympics. And for me, the Olympics is just the great, you know, it's just the great sporting event. It's country versus country. Uh, the the modern day, you know, s- sports and competition really comes from track and field, right? And and 
the great track and field Americans of all time. Um, there's there's a few to choose from. There's Michael Johnson, who was a, an amazing gold medal runner. Then then you, you've got to bring up Jesse Owens. So Jesse Owens got four gold medals, uh, a couple of them in front of Hitler. You know what I mean? Like we're literally having World War II and, and Jesse Owens goes, across, you know, and, and, and wins uh, golds in front of Hitler, which really paved the way for this guy that I'm about to mention. Um, but at number three of the greatest American athletes of all time, I've got Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis was uh, an incredible Olympic athlete, nine gold medals and one silver, competed in the 100 meter, the 200 meter, the relay and the long jump. I think it's kind of cool. You throw the long jump in there. Um, And his Olympic career spanned for like almost 20 years. I mean, I remember he started winning golds in the 70s. And then when I was a kid in the early 90s, uh, he was still competing. And so, uh, you know, I. I'm kind of grouping all of these great American track and field athletes together, and I and I'm using Carl Lewis to just represent them because um, I believe he's kind of the pinnacle of track and field athletes. So at number three, I've got Carl Lewis. Hell of a pick! I love how you went uh, outside of the box on that one. Um, for me, I went a little bit more traditional, and uh, probably one that that a lot of people would have on their similar lists, but. I went with Michael Jordan, and uh, let me preface this by saying, you know, it's just, it starts and it ends with Michael Jordan, for me, in my opinion, all right? Because when you get deeper into, like, there's probably, once you start getting into the debate of uh, greatest basketball player or or whatever of all time, you start uh, getting into the weeds of all these other inclusions. Well, what about Bill Russell? Well, what about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Well, what about LeBron? Well, what about Kobe? You know what I mean? And like all love to those guys, uh, fantastic achievements. I'm naturally like a LeBron hater, but like LeBron gets his flowers in uh, that conversation. But there's something to be said about uh, the root of that argument always coming back to Michael Jordan, right? And that's just because no other athlete dominated the sport of professional basketball in its purest form than Michael Jordan did during the time that he played. And, uh, you know, uh, his accomplishments speak to themselves. Uh, a five-time MVP, six-time NBA Finals MVP, 14-time All-Star uh, six-time NBA champion, undisputed uh, greatest basketball player of all time, in my opinion. You know, there was there was quite a bit uh, there where he didn't play, where he probably could have earned many more accolades uh, to to get him in uh, in uh, competing with some of those other players for some of the records that he doesn't hold today. But in my mind, you know, at the point where he gave up in his career or called it quits, if you will, um, when he did, he could have continued on to dominate that sport for as long as he wanted to. So in my mind, it's Michael Jordan, number two. Uh, the dude just oozes uh, goat swag. So Michael Jordan, number two. Yo, the University of Michigan is just all over. I know he didn't go to Michigan, but like... Michigan fingerprints are just all over this list right now, right? <laughs> Michael oh, Phelps yeah. oh, and yeah. Tom Brady and then Jordan, who has his 
ties to uh, Michigan a little bit, you know, so. Well, I think uh, some Tar Heels would just scream at you right now. And I mean, of course, they're going to, they're, yeah, they have every right to claim the guy that went to their school. Um, but still, so I mean, we got the shoes and the hall, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the sponsorships. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. We're one of the first four Jordan schools, right? So that, yeah, we can, we can claim that. Um, I'm excited for a lot of reasons now, all of a sudden, because. I think I know who you're going to pick number one, who is is not on my list at all. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, at number two, I also went basketball. So you can talk about uh, Kobe, who is absolutely incredible. You always got to talk about Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell, right? And Bill Russell was one of those guys, kind of like my Joe Lewis conversation, where he just meant so much to the culture. Um you got Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, right? Like a lot of guys to go around. But um, let's talk a little bit about uh, a a record that was recently broken, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record of the of the, the mo- most points scored ever, right? Just this week, <clears throat> just this week, LeBron James had the the points record of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, he broke it among all the other records that LeBron has, all the finals appearances, all the greatness that he's done. He's never been wrapped up into any kind of controversies. LeBron James is an absolute masterclass of a basketball player and an individual. So would I put him at number two on my list? Absolutely not. The number two greatest athlete of all time is Michael freaking Jordan because Michael Jordan oozes greatness like my co-host just said he's an iconic figure he changed not just the game of basketball he changed the entire culture around the world nobody has really ever had the impact that michael jordan has had on uh sports and culture and the way he he would just fly through the air um not to mention the stats back it up too um when you look at when you look at just supreme greatness Every time this guy stepped on the floor, uh, he elevated everyone around him. He was the best player on the floor every single time he, 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 you know, stepped on the floor. And I know you're from Detroit, Matt. And so there's a lot of Detroit fans that they, they can claim what they got against Michael Jordan early on in his career. And, um, I respect LeBron James. I love LeBron James. I think, I think he deserves to be honored. But when it comes to the greatest basketball player of all time and the greatest athletes of all time, um, Michael Jordan is is just a mythical legend that should always be honored for the greatness that he embodies. So you and I uh, see eye to eye on that one. I hey, You thought I was going to say LeBron for a second there, didn't you? Oh, my gosh. I was sweating, man. <laughs> you uh, you had me going out, there for a second. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, okay, so I don't want to steal your thunder, so I'm not going to say his name, but I, 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 I think I know who you're going to pick the at number one. one. Go ahead and go ahead. He's called the Great One for a reason. I can't even believe you don't have him on the list. I mean, this guy, Wayne fucking Gretzky, will forever own, uh, just dominance in all of 
the the world, the sport, whatever you will, of hockey forever. I mean, owner of over 60 NHL records, most of which that will probably never be broken. And I don't know how deep uh, your love of hockey is or how closely you follow uh, historical statistics or anything like that. Gretzky uh, holds single-season marks of 92 goals. You know how many uh, games are in an NHL season, correct? I have no idea. It's about it's about 82, <laughs> right? So 80 games, give or take, uh, 92 goals. It's just unheard of. 163 assists, 215 points, a point streak of 51 consecutive games, 894 career goals, 2,857 career points, 15 seasons of 100 or more points, 13 of them consecutive. So the man just embodies greatness. Really, he's hockey isn't like obviously as uh, widely a loved of sport in uh, the United States, the United States, especially the southern United States. So uh, it doesn't get a lot of love. There's not a ton of recognition. So I forgive you uh, for not having him <laughs> on the list. I know you're from Texas, Mike, but uh, just being from Michigan and, uh, and being a player of the sport myself, when I was younger, Wayne Gretzky just embodies um, the great greatness uh, just in any facet of any sport. He's been the most dominant figure. There's never, there will never even be an argument. You know what I mean? That's how all of these arguments about like Michael Jordan and this guy and that guy and um, or like Tom Brady and this guy or that guy. There is not that for Wayne Gretzky and there will never be that because the guy is just amazing. You know, you get you look at guys like uh, like uh, Alex Ovechkin, you know what I mean? Or Sidney Crosby who have come close over the span of a long decorated NHL career but, like, even still, they're just, like, down here. You know what I mean? Like, after such a great, after such great careers uh, of viewing these guys like Ovechkin and Crosby for the past, like, 15 years or whatever, and just seeing what they've been, been able to produce in comparison to the great one, there is no competition. There will never be any competition. Wayne Gretzky, number one greatest athlete of all time. Man, I am so glad we got to witness this passion come out of you, man. This, this I mean, that's incredible. Uh, I had a feeling he'd be on, he'd be on your list. I had no idea he'd be number one. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, that I'm, I was born and raised in Texas. Um, yeah, we don't get a lot of hockey uh, where I'm from. It's just not. That's just not. Uh, you know, the, on the, the the forefront of our minds. In Texas, it, it it dips below 32 degrees every now and then. But um, for number one, I, I think, you know, you have to deduce by now who mine probably is. I'm not going to leave this guy off the list. I mean, he's the reason we started this conversation to begin with, right? The recently retired Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time. And here's why. I think that he he's uh 
not going to be considered the greatest athlete of all time, but by very many people. And to your point, I don't think he's going to stand the test of time because he suffers from what I like to call John Stockton syndrome, right? And that's the, he's kind of this unathletic, not very swaggy, you know, he's a white dude. Like the, you got the, (laughs) the, the foot, the footage of him, like run, like, you know, kind of running slow down the field at the combine. (laughs) And like, so, and so when people look back at him, they're going to be like, no, that dude wasn't the greatest athlete of all time. But, but let's look at what he actually did. Right. So he lines up at a position that that's in uh, the most competitive sport in the world right now. I don't, I don't care who you are. I mean, I know there's probably some soccer fans out there that would argue with me, but like to me, American football is just like the pinnacle of sports right now. And nothing is more hard hitting and, and, you know, athletic than the NFL. Uh, he literally has NFL defensive linemen and linebackers trying to kill him on every single play. Uh, these guys are modern day gladiators, right? Like these are the dudes that would be in like the Roman Coliseum fighting tigers and shit. Like these, these guys are the biggest badasses in the world. And they're trying to kill Tom Brady every single play. And then what does Tom Brady do? He has a Hall of Fame career in his 20s. Then he has a Hall of Fame career in his 30s. Then he has a Hall of Fame career in his 40s. He's been to 10 Super Bowls, right? To put that in perspective, when we start talking about some of the other greatest NFL players of all time, two guys that that will always make the list are Barry Sanders and Jim Brown. Those guys only played 10 years. Like Barry Sanders only played 10 years. Tom Brady made it into the Super Bowl 10 years, which when you look at like Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning and John Elway and some of these other great quarterbacks that are in the conversation, they they fought their entire career just for one or two appearances, right? And Brady lived in the Super Bowl. So to me, what he's done makes him the greatest athlete of all time. Now, if I'm going to rank the greatest Michigan players of all time, according to how they played when they were in college, Brady doesn't even make my top 10. You know, that, that, that's what's kind of interesting about this, right? Is that if I'm going to, if I'm going to rank the greatest Michigan football players of all time, Brady's not even in my top 10. But, uh, when you talk about the greatest athletes of all time, what Brady has done in the NFL, to me, he's the only guy that warrants consideration over Michael Jordan. Uh, for for the reasons that I just outlined. Whew. All right. There we go, man. man. What a passionate conversation. It was. It got kind of heated there for numbers like uh, three through <laughs> one. But I totally yeah, dig well, it, you- man. Uh, Tom Brady, extremely deserving still of that number one spot. I mean, seven championships. And, you know, I kind of think of like Tom Brady and LeBron as like polar opposites, right? Because... LeBron, you have, like, that he's also a very decorated athlete that, like, spent most of his, like, professional career fighting his way upstream, like, through the regular seasons to, like, try and earn a shot at his championships, but failing on the big stage. And failing, I use lightly, because he still has championships and what have you, but Tom Brady more so just, like, uh... Very, a st- very technical, strategic uh, greatest athlete of all time type figure, if you will, where he weaseled his way into the playoffs every year and just became 
like the goat of focus, you know what I mean? And just uh, the guy was just unbeatable on the big stage, uh, always, always getting himself into that playoff conversation and always delivering uh, whenever he had the opportunity most of the time. So excellent pick. I think that uh, he'll stand as the goat of NFL football for for many, many years to come. I just think that uh, that Joe Burrow, you know what I mean? Like a lot of these young guys that are already getting themselves in the conversation of world championships, there's something to be said about that. I, I'd be scared uh, for Tom Brady of, uh, no of Joe way. Burrow. No way. You know what's going to happen? And I'm not. I'm not trying to. I, I don't want to wish like injury on anybody or anything like that. But but you got to remember these guys are just getting like it's it's why what Brett Favre did was so impressive, right? When Favre started so many games in a row, it's like it's like just just staying alive in that position is a miracle, right? Like these guys are they they're just a broken collarbone or a torn ACL away from their career being over and Brady just, just like floated through the league. I mean, yeah, he had some injuries. He had that year he was out and, and, uh, but so the one guy, the one guy that you could say that's, that's active right now that like maybe has a chance of catching Brady's numbers, but I I would still say it's not going to happen. It's not possible. Is Patrick Mahomes, right? Like Patrick Mahomes looks like, okay, he, you know, he's, kind of on a trajectory to where like when you start stacking up Super Bowl appearances and Super Bowl wins, like maybe, but I still think he's going to fall multiple Super Bowls short of what Brady did. I don't know if anybody can ever do what Tom Brady has done. So, you know, who knows? They're changing the rules to where these guys can't even hit quarterbacks now. So, so that might help. That might help the the case for some of these younger guys. That's what I was about to say. Is they're doing everything that they can to uh, to keep these guys in like a padded room the entire game, throwing a football out of it or something. It seems like so. I don't know. Who knows? Tom Brady, goat, as far as anyone is concerned in the sport of football. Number three on my list. Number one on your list. Uh, some great athletes on both of our lists for sure. I mean, you picked a guy that just, you know, just kicks a, a a puck up and down some some cold ice, you know, like what whatever. I don't I don't even know what that. Turn about. on the tape. <laughs> Turn on the tape. <laughs> All right, I just figured I'd rile you up a little bit. All right, let's move on. That was a fantastic conversation. I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy that one because I know they're going to be screaming at their their stereos, you know, they're, while they're driving or wherever they listen to us. Because everybody's got uh, very passionate feelings about about that. Um, I'm glad we didn't get into the LeBron MJ conversation because that's just a headache waiting to happen. Uh, I tell you what, Matt, I've got a pump the brakes that I want to throw at you. I, I got a take that I I want to run it through the Matt Hartwell filter of does this get a pump the brakes or not? And you know, I think it's going to because my my. Uh, it is, it's a Michigan related pump the brakes, but it's, um, not popular among the Michigan fans that I've run it by so far, but I, I actually like this idea. So I'm going to throw it at you for the listeners that, that don't know pump the brakes is an opportunity for one of us to give a take. If the other person disagrees, they'll say pump the brake and you will hear. 
Or, of course, if they agree with the take, then we just say keep driving. So I've got one for you this week. So here's my take. I think that Michigan and Ohio State should play on a neutral field every single year. I think they should build a stadium on the state line uh, along the Toledo Strip that they that the the plot of land that they fought over, you know, however many years ago. I I think the 50-yard line should literally be on the state line of Michigan and Ohio. At, and and just I'm just going to add an element to it. After watching the basketball game last night where um, Michigan was in all blue and Ohio State was in all red, I think that's the way. I think it should be a color rush game every single year. Michigan in all blue, Ohio State in all red. In the in the whatever we're we're gonna call it, like the game stadium, hundred thousand plus on the state line. Make it happen every single year. Oh my god! It's like when somebody posts one of those videos of like things that are supposed to be visually satisfying to you, but like somebody's just fucking it all up, you know? That's uh, that's <laughs> like what it feels like when you're describing this scenario to me. And uh, it's I I saw you bring this up on Twitter, and I hate disagreeing with you because you and I are like always so similarly of the same mindset on a lot of things, but. On this particular um, topic, I am not on board. Uh, I'm married to uh, a family of Florida Gator fans, right? And they go through this every year on their yearly trek to uh, the Florida-Georgia game, where the two sides meet in uh, Jacksonville, I think it is. And, uh, like, they are just... They hate the experience every time. They tell me horror stories of it. Uh, Obviously, Georgia has, like, dominance recently on that side of the rivalry, so I'm sure it's probably not the most fun for them. But but just aside from that, I think that it would just be a terrible idea. You know, I love the... uh, I mean, I I could say recently I love the... uh, whole atmosphere of the big house, pump it up, you know what I mean? Cramming Ohio State into the ground. I want to see more of that. I want to see that continue. And especially, like, if the rivalry were, God forbid, to slip back into into the ways of how it used to be, you know, just driving to a stadium built halfway between, it would just be a nightmare for Michigan fans to endure something like that. Um, also, I don't know if there's a stadium in life that could house the amount of, uh, of Michigan and Ohio State fans that would attend that game, simply because I feel like, uh, having the game at separate venues just totally, uh, persuades fan bases from not going, because I know that there's a a shit ton of Michigan fans that don't go to Ohio just because Ohio sucks ass. And there's uh, a certain <laughs> uh, segment of Ohio State fans that won't go to Ann Arbor because they're a bunch of bitches. So <laughs> that's where I stand on it, and uh, that's that's about it. So I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming you pumped I'm, the brakes, right? You didn't even say... <laughs> I'm pumping the brakes on that one, Mike. There it is. There it is. I got such a passionate response out of you. I wasn't sure if you were even going to say it. Let me take it a step further before we wrap this up. 
All right, just because I just let me piss off more people. I probably just lost a thousand Twitter followers in this conversation, but I don't care. I'm gonna die on this hill. So the stadium on the state line, right? You, only My Michigan fans been talking to people about this or something. <laughs> Michigan fans watch the game from the state of Michigan, and the Ohio State game uh, fans watch the the game from the state of Ohio, and then and then you know traditionally you you switch. You know, every quarter you switch which direction teams are going. You don't do that in this game. In this game, you keep it going the same way every, every single every quarter because the only time Michigan players ever have to step foot in the state of Ohio is when they're scoring a touchdown on them, right? When you cross the 50 and you're going down to score a touchdown is the only time you ever have to take a breath of air in the state of Ohio. Then you return back to your sideline, which is in the state of Michigan, and and you play the game out that way. Just a, a genuine war from start to finish. What uh, <laughs> What would this stadium be shaped like? Uh, we we can let them have. I I saw some. Would it be like a half we shoe, half uh big house bowl? What, what was the somebody on Twitter said something good? What was it the the big big shoe the big shoe or the <laughs> what was it the horse house or something? I, We're I gonna need. Uh, so, <laughs> we need Swanky Wolverine to draw this up. Yeah, Swanky. Uh, we're gonna need a uh, we're gonna need a meme of the. You know what? I Swanky probably won't even touch this. I'm the only one willing to touch this right now because people people just hate me for this conversation. But uh, whatever. Let Let's move on. We got we got your take on it. I'm gonna make some calls. I'm gonna call some of the people that I know. See if we can get construction Santa. on this stadium started. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna get uh I'll get the, I'll get the stadium built first, and then we'll see if anybody is willing to to go along. Um, all right, let's keep it in uh, Michigan football here. The NFL draft will be uh, nearing soon. We've got some uh, quality Wolverines in the draft. Maybe not, you know, it doesn't look like the front end of the first round is, is you know, we're not going to get the Aiden Hutchinsons in the first round this year, but um, we do have a handful of, you know, Michigan football players that look like they're going to get drafted. And so let's not, we're not going to drag this out like we did our greatest, greatest athletes of all time. But I'm, you know, let's just spitball here. I haven't looked at Todd McShay or, or, uh, Mel Kuyper's big board or anything. But Matt, what order do you think these guys are going to get drafted in? I'll let you go first here. So I know that, uh, you put a poll out there on Facebook this week, kind of putting some feelers out there to Michigan Nation to see, where they thought some of these Wolverines might fall uh, in the draft order. I know Mozzie Smith was kind of a heavy favorite in that poll uh, to land in the number one draft pick area, or not number one draft pick, but the number one drafted Wolverine. Um, and I'm more still leaning towards Big Olu getting that uh, that first Wolverine drafted title. Uh, just because the guy was so consistent, I think that he put on an excellent showing in the uh, the Senior Bowl that he just attended. I think that he'll also do very well at the Combine. I think Mozzie still falls uh, falls after him slightly, but I'm still going Olu as uh, probably a late first round, uh, probably like after like pick number 25, somewhere in that area. I'm thinking for uh, Olu, Olu at 
Teamy. I could be way off. Much like yourself, I haven't looked at any of the big boards or anything like that, but I compare him often, as you know, to uh, Cesar Ruiz, who also went in that late first round um, area. So I'm thinking late first round for Big Olu as well. Well, I agree with you, man, that it's kind of head-scratching that Olu is not considered a higher pick. I mean, we got a guy that, he, I mean, he he won the best center uh, award two years in a row. And granted, I'm not an NFL, you know, I'm not a an expert on like the measurables of the NFL combine and stuff, right? Like we, we defer to some of our other, our other folks out there that are a little bit more in tuned into that. But from a, you know, just from a visual perspective, watching these guys play, I'm surprised that Olu is in a unanimous first round pick. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think, I do think Mozzie Smith will probably get picked first just based on his freakish athletic ability that seems to be able to translate to the NFL. Um, then I'm going to say Olu will probably, will probably be shortly after him, maybe in the early second round. Um, I haven't seen where Mike Morris falls on draft boards, but I think he, he will probably be the third. Um, I know, I know that Luke Schoonmaker is very high, uh, on a lot of NFL you know, teams lists. Like I, I've heard Schoon is grading really well. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. But to me, the guy that is probably the most underrated Wolverine in this draft uh, has got to be Ronnie Bell, right? Because he's like that three-star talent coming out of high school. He's, uh, you know, he's always kind of playing from behind, right? Because when you talk about the measurables, he might not be the, the guy that, uh, grades out at the combine the best but man when you watch this guy run routes they are crisp he's always making plays um he's he's just one play after another always going to hit you with um amazing playmaking ability that, that I actually do think uh can translate to the NFL game um so it'll be interesting to see I, if I were a team I would consider Ronnie Bell in the 3rd or 4th round but I think he'll go in the 6th or the 7th probably um, so we'll see about that. Yeah, I'm thinking I've got Ronnie probably like a late third round pick. I think that he does. And I think that we'll start to see like uh, some of these Michigan players stock rise a little bit, even the ones that may not have uh, bounced off of the stat sheet. You know what I mean? Ronnie Bell, I have a feeling that he'll grade out really well at the combine. I know that he did very well also at the Senior Bowl, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Bronny go, kind of like you said, maybe late third, uh, possibly fourth round. Um, I've also got Ryan Hayes uh, probably going in the fourth round. I know that he that's kind of where he's fallen in in a lot of projections that uh, have been put out for him, but I've got him at at going in the fourth round as well. Well, and I I think... We're not going to see this, but what what NFL teams really should be looking at is for the number one overall pick in the draft. I think we would both agree Jake Moody should probably be picked number one overall, right? I mean, like how do you how do you have the number one pick and then pass on a guy like Jake Moody, right? I mean, you, you just you got to get Money Moody on your team. If Jerry Jones is half the owner that people think that he is. He's already on the phone with Money Moods trying to get him 
ready for <laughs> draft day to be taken at like probably uh like a second or third round type pick type character. Did you see that Jake Moody, he was actually the MVP of the it was like the the Shrine game, you know, the Shrine Bowl where like he he literally was just the leading scorer in the game because he was just kicking field goals and that uh, fucker was MVP. good for seventy, seen... dude. Did you see that one kick? Oh <laughs> yeah. my god! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right, we'll we'll find out when the draft comes around where these Michigan guys fall. Of course, Brad Robbins is another name that I I, I don't think he'll get drafted, but punter. Well, maybe I don't know. I I can't I can't remember if teams you know take punters in the seventh. I think he'll probably be an undrafted free agent uh, signing. And then um, uh, just to wrap up the show with a little bit of good news, Michigan, you know, they've been struggling a little bit on the recruiting trail and have been taking some heat for it. But I think this 2023 class is actually shaping up to be a really nice class. And uh, we put the exclamation point on the 2023 recruiting class with Cameron Brandt, who is a D lineman that decommitted from Stanford and committed to Michigan. Um, I haven't had a chance to see him a lot of tape of his yet, but I do know he's a four star according to several of the media outlets. And so that's good news. Uh, Matt, have you stayed tuned into this Cameron Brandt situation at all? Yes, I have. And to your point about the recruiting, I'm going to try not to get on like another soapbox when we're like in de-escalation mode of the pod. But uh, <laughs> I mean, give this Michigan team some credit. You know what I mean? It's a different era of recruiting now. And you're not going to see that same dominance year in and year out of recruiting rankings, right? You know, the game has changed. NIL plays a huge factor. You've got uh, like South Carolina swooping in and making plays for Nick Harbor. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that is going to happen. It's going to be out of Michigan's control to be able to navigate that as best they can is going to be what is the most key, which they have done via the transfer portal, via some of these other last-minute additions that they've been making to their own class. So just give it some time. You know what I mean? Harbaugh and his staff have been proving that they know what to do to develop the right players that need to be at Michigan. And also there's something to be said about the lack of guys that transferred or left this team in the offseason. You know what I mean? I have full belief that this staff is doing everything that they have to to get guys that are going to come to Michigan and stay at Michigan for a reasonable amount of time in order to make the team successful and aren't like selfish me type guys. You know what I mean? So that's all I got for that. I wanted to tweet that at somebody the other day, but Twitter doesn't even (laughs) give you anywhere near the amount of space you need in the tweets to be able to articulate that point. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. In today's day and age, I, it almost seems like the high character uh, three and four stars are almost more valuable than a five star that's going to play for three different teams in his career, right? Like you might you might drop a bag on him and get him for his freshman season, and then he's upset about not getting enough snaps and just transfers to another team. And it's like, you know, don't get me wrong. I want the five stars, right? Like Nick Harbour, I wanted him. Uh, Jaden Davis, absolutely want him. But... Uh, you know, we see guys like Aiden Hutchinson and Ronnie Bell and, the, you know, some of these dudes that are that are just uh, excelling from three and four star rankings. Um, you know, 
I, I think those guys are, are in many ways going to be just as valuable, if not more valuable. So um, anyway, great catching up with you, uh, Matt. Excellent show. Uh, we, you know, we've gone well over an hour at this point, which is, which is awesome. You know, I think when we start talking about some of these rankings and, and what's going on, uh, during the off season, we could just talk forever. Um, you can find me at Wolverine Cron on Twitter, WolverineChronicle.com. And of course, Matt, you got some stuff going on. Where can people find you? They can find me at uh, my main Twitter handle at Maze Crusader or uh, any of the content that we're putting out at Maze and Brew. A uh, wonderful group of guys that I work with down there that are always publishing valuable content uh, for the Wolverine faithful. So go check either of us or them out anytime. And of course, if you guys like the show, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. That helps us out. It also helps you guys out because then you'll get updated when new episodes go live. So definitely subscribe to the Big House Bleachers pod. Thank you for listening. And as always, go blue. Go blue.